you really or do you just saying that because it's Sunday morning? Will you have confidence in him tomorrow when you get back to the realities of your life? Good morning again, Village Church. If you have your Bible, please open it to James, not James, but Judges chapter 7. We're not going to do all those verses up here because, well, I started writing a sermon and it got longer and longer and longer. So we're going to be looking at verses 9 through 11 today. Judges 7, verses 9 through 11. Was it me this time? I don't think. You can step out with less than what you want, not because of who you are, but because of who your God is, because of who Jesus is. Who is Jesus? He's your Savior. He's your sustainer. He is your advocate. He is your provider. He is your Lord. He is your king. He is the one who paid your sin debt. He is the one who died in your place on the cross. He is the one who makes you right with the Father. So because of who he is, you can step out with less than in your life. You can step out with confidence, something that we just sang about because of who Jesus is. This is something that we learned last week when we saw the Lord reduce the size of Gideon's army from 32,000 men to 300 men. We saw the Lord lead him to a place where he can step out with less than what he wanted. The Lord told him, with 300 men, men, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hand. So Gideon is going to step out with less than what he wants, not because he's strong within himself, not because he has confidence in himself, not because he has all the resources that he needs. He can do it because of who his God is, Yahweh Elohim. The Lord leads him to a place of greater faith. And we're going to see the Lord continue to do this in Gideon's life today. Because like many of us, we sometimes get cold feet when it comes to living out what God has called us to do. Gideon gets cold feet. He gets cold feet when the time actually comes for him to go to battle. He has a moment of weakness. He gets triple-teamed by fear, doubt, and unbelief. What about you? Do you ever get cold feet when it comes to doing what God has called you to do and called you to be? Do you ever get triple-teamed by fear, doubt, Unbelief, unless you're a holy roller, maybe you don't. But if you're honest with yourself, you can admit, yeah, I have fears. I have doubts. I have unbelief. When the Lord brings reduction in your life, when he takes things away from you, you will at moments experience fear, doubt, and unbelief. Because those things don't make you abnormal. Those things don't make you abnormal. Those things make you normal. It's a normal part of life. 
to, to experience these things. And so at some point in your life, you're going to need reassurance. Reassurance of, of God's faithfulness. Reassurance of salvation. Reassurance of grace. Reassurance of forgiveness. Reassurance of his faithfulness and his promises. You're going to need reassurance from him to step out with less than. You're going to need reassurance to empower you so you can fight your fears, your doubts, and your unbelief. And that is what he's going to do for Gideon today. He's going to give Gideon reassurance. And this reassurance is going to empower Gideon to step out with less than, to fight through his fears, his doubts, and his unbelief. Here's God's word, Judges 7. Beginning in verse 9. That night the Lord came to him, that is Gideon, and said, Arise, go down against the camp, for I have given it into your hand. But if you are afraid to go down, then go down with the camp with Purah, your servant, and you shall hear what they say, and afterwards your hands shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. Here's God's word. Please pray with him for me. Father, as we come to your truth, we pray that your spirit will move in this place. We pray that that he will help our hearts and our minds to to be attentive to the preaching of your word. Because if he doesn't move in us, Lord, it's just going to bounce off. It's going to fall on dead ears and dead hearts. And so just showing up here doesn't mean we meet you here. We need you, Lord, Holy Spirit, to move so that we can actually worship, so that we can actually have an encounter with our God and King, so that we can leave here different than we were before we came. We don't just want to check this worship. We don't just want to get through this so we can go eat hot wings at lunch. Lord, we want to meet you today. We want to see you today. Bring us to a place where we truly believe that apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. Part of our problem is that we think we need just a little bit of Jesus. We need more than just a little bit. We need all of him because not just a little bit of him died on the cross. All of him died on the cross. So, Lord Jesus, meet with us today in Christ's name. Amen. The Lord gives Gideon a reassurance that empowers him to step out with less than what he wants. He reassures Gideon that victory is certain. Victory is certain. You see, Gideon gets this reassurance of victory in the context of the Lord, of the Lord giving him marching orders. Because when the Lord comes to Gideon that night, he comes to give him marching orders. You see, after the 9,700 men left Gideon, the Lord comes to him later that night and gives him another command. The Lord doesn't linger. He doesn't wait. He, doesn't, he moves quickly. The Lord is ready for Gideon to go to battle against the Midianites. He says to him, arise and go down against the camp. This is a command from the Lord. This is a command for him to stand up. It's a command for him to rise for action. To go down against the camp. Go to war with them, Gideon. I'm ready to give them into your hands. Sun Tzu was an ancient Chinese military general who wrote the book, The Art of War. I don't know if any of you read that book. But it's a book about military strategy. 
And one of the famous quotes from that book says, every battle is won or lost before it's ever fought. Every battle is won or lost before it's ever fought. This is definitely true in the life of Gideon. This is definitely true in Gideon's life. The Hebrew term that is translated arise, when it's used in, in the context of war, it has three usages, three of them. First, it can be used in preparation for war. It can be used in engagement for war. And third, it can be used in victory in war. This how it's been used here. It's been used in the context of victory. That God is telling Gideon to arise for victory. It's at hand. It's not an illusion. It's not just talk. Victory is certain. So arise and go down against the camp. And God tells him why he should go. He gives him the motivation why he should arise and go. For I have given the camp into your hand. Victory is certain. So Gideon can go to war. The battle is won before it's even fought. The Lord has spoken. The Lord has commanded. The Lord has given victory. So now Gideon, all he has to do is arise and go. Claim the victory. All he has to do is step out with less than and claim what the Lord has already given him. But there is a but. There is a but. There's a B-U-T. And what I love about this B-U-T is the Lord does it to himself. You see, in verses 2 through 8, the Lord hits the brakes on Gideon because Gideon has too many men. So the Lord reduces the, the, the men down to 300 because the Lord knows that if he gives them victory with a lot of men, Israel is going to take credit for it. So the Lord says, I can't let you, I can't send you in the battle with 32,000 men. I can't send you in the battle with 10,000 men, but I'll send you in the battle with 300. Because, I, because with that, you all you can say is the Lord did it and not you. So the Lord gets what he wants. He gets the 300 men. And see, we know God does what he pleases. We know God does knows what he's doing. We also know that God knows his people will have a tendency to steal his glory. But do you also know that God understand, that God knows that his people would misunderstand what he does and how he does it? Do you know that God knows that about you? He knows that you would misunderstand the ways he works in your life. He knows that when he's peeling your life like a banana, We've all been peeled by God. And when he's peeling us, he knows fear, doubt, and unbelief will come. He knows we're going to experience that. He's, he knows that sometimes we don't always have godly responses to God when he's peeling our life. Do you always have godly responses when he's peeling your life? I heard a song on the radio that says there's, there's never such thing as a bad day. I was like, well, you never lived my life. Because I can tell you, I've had bad days. I've had bad days. When God's pilling your life, I'm telling you, that, that's, that's always a good time. You feel like you've been swept away. When that happens to us, God knows we ain't always going to have godly responses. Psalm 103.14 says, He knows our frame. He is mindful that we are dead. He knows your frame. He is mindful that you are but 
Lord knows Gideon has cold feet. He knows Gideon is having a moment of weakness. He knows Gideon is experiencing fear, doubt, and unbelief. And he knows the same things about you. But do you believe it? Give him credit. He is God. He knows. So the Lord hit the brakes on himself. When I saw that, I was like, wow, God hits the brakes on himself. Not so he can reduce from Gideon's life, but so he can add reassurance to Gideon's life. He says to Gideon, but if you are afraid. That's grace. Those, that's grace in those words. That's love in those words. That's kindness in those words. But if you are afraid to go down. You see, the Lord is not just interested in getting and completing the task. He's interested in getting in as well. He cares about his judge just as much as he cares about what his judge does. He cares about you. Individually. Not just what you do for him. He cares about you. Do you know that? Do you live that way? Do you believe God cares about you? Not just in a theological way. I'm talking about in your heart and in your soul. And when you're going through it, when he's pulling your life, do you believe he cares about you? When things are hard and difficult, do you believe it? The Lord loves his church. He loves his covenant people. He loves us collectively. God is not just a task-oriented God. He's a people-oriented God. You are his people. And he remembers that you are but sinners. He sees you. He understands you. And he knows you will have moments of weakness. He knows you will have fear. You will have doubt. You will have unbelief when it comes to what he does in and through your life. And you know what? He's not turned off by it. Because he knows that you are but sinners. Do you believe it? So you don't have to pretend with God. You don't have to pretend that everything is okay. You don't have to come in here and, and act like everything in your family is all gravy. You can be honest with him. Look, he's the safest place you can go. He's the safest place you got. The church is a hospital for sinners. We're not a country club. We're sinners and we're messy people. Tell me, I'll assume all of you are messed up. So I can go ahead and tell you. Anything you tell me ain't going to surprise me. I know people. I know myself. We all have our junk. We all have our issues. And it does not turn God away. So today, are you afraid to do what God has called you to do? Are you afraid? You know what? It's okay. It's okay to admit that you are afraid. As a husband and father, pastor, a son and friend, I have fears. I have doubts. I have unbelief in all those areas of my life. I do. I have them. Insecurities and everything. A few weeks ago, I had a, I had a, attend a meeting in Atlanta for, for the African American Church Planning Institute. It was a great meeting. I was surrounded by some awesome church leaders, both male and female. But what happened to
to me while I was there, I started feeling a little insecure. My fears and my unbeliefs and my, my uh, doubts all came to the surface because I started comparing myself to these other leaders because they had gifts I didn't have. They had resources I don't have. And so I felt insignificant. I felt less than. I felt like God was using them more than he was using me because of what they had. And so I got jealous. So it was a great meeting. We got a lot done. But for me personally, it was hard because my fear, my doubts, and my unbelief all surfaced. So I left Atlanta a couple weekends ago thinking about dropping out of the group, a group that I started, a group that God called me to start. It was, my, it was a vision that he gave me. But because I felt less than, because I didn't have certain resources, I didn't think I was valuable anymore. And so I was thinking about walking away until God used one of my mentors to give me reassurance. He spoke truth into my life. He encouraged me. He strengthened me in my moment of weakness. And so God did the same for Gideon. He's going to bring someone into his life the one that he knows, to help him. He says, if you are afraid to go down to the camp, go down with your servant, Baruch. Hoorah, hoorah, sorry, hoorah. Go down with your servant. See, there's no debating. Gideon is afraid. He's scared. He doesn't want to go into battle with the 300 men. And so the Lord sends him on a spy gate mission into the enemy's camp with his servant. Do you know what his servant's name means in Hebrew? It means fruitful. It means fruitful. That's what pura means. It means fruitful. So Gideon is going behind the enemy's lines with fruitfulness by his side. With fruitfulness by his side. They're not going to infiltrate the camp to destroy it from within. He's simply going to the camp to get reassurance that he needs to go to battle. And this is what I love about the Lord. The reassurances that he gives you will come from the most unlikely places and from the most unlikely people because he's God and he can do that. He's sitting getting you behind enemy lines to get the reassurance that he needs. And the reassurance is going to come from something that he hears the people talking about within the camp. He says, when you hear what they say, afterwards your hands shall be strengthened to go down against them. I'm like, what in the world are they going to say? It must be really good if it's going to strengthen him so much that he'll go to battle. And so, what is it? What is he going to gain when he goes down there? What is he going to hear when he gets there? What is it going to do to him once he's there? In the Hobbit trilogy, Gandalf says to Bilbo, you, you've changed, Bilbo Baggins. You're not the same Hobbit as the one who left the shot. Bilbo replies, I, I was going to tell you, I found something in those goblin tunnels. Found what? What did you find, asked Gandalf. Bilbo pauses for a moment, then he says, my courage. Gandalf says, good. Well, that's good. You're going to need it. So what is Gideon going to find behind enemy's lines? His courage. He's going to find boldness. He's going to find confidence, all behind enemy lines. We're going to get into that you know, after Easter, but that's where he's going to find it. He's going to get the reassurance he needs behind enemy lines to, to step out 
and lead these 300 men into battle. Some of you need reassurance today about something in your life when it comes to the Lord. Salvation, it could be whatever. Some of you need confidence to step out in what God has called you to do. Some of you need courage. Some of you need boldness. But guess what? You don't have to go behind enemy lines to get it. You know why? Because Jesus went behind enemy lines for you on the cross. On the cross. So every time you start feeling sorry and feeling down and and don't think God loves you, that's a reminder that he does. That's a reminder that he does. So if you want confidence and if you want boldness and if you want to be strengthened and if you want to have courage and, and if you need anything you need today, if you want to be built up today, then this table is for it's for you. Because remember what, what Jesus did for us. God made him who knew no sin to be sin so that you might become the righteousness of God. That's the gospel. So this table is for people who don't have it all together. This table is for people who, who, who aren't perfect. It's for sinners, broken people who are messy, who, who, who are junkies. Because Christ died for sinners. And each of us here hands of a loving God. Now this table is not my table. It's not the village church's table. It's Jesus' table. And this table is for all those who have profession, who have professed faith in him. Those who have surrendered their life to him. This table is for them. Now if you're not a believer, if you have never professed faith in Christ, I'm glad you're here. This is the place you need to be because here you will hear the gospel. And if you have questions of what it means to, to have faith in Jesus, then you need to come see me after the service. You need to come see me after the service. Because I'm telling you, no one is going to ever love you like Jesus. Because he's the only one that dies for his enemies. He's the only one that dies for his enemies. No one else is going to die for you. Jesus will. So if you have questions about salvation, please come see me. Adults will ask the kids with you to abstain from the elements until they have been invited by the church that they attend. And children, this is my favorite part of communion. This is my favorite part. So I need all the kids looking at me. Now, as your pastor, I love you. And your parents love you. Your elders and deacons love you. And it's our prayer that each of you one day will come to saving faith in Jesus and you get to partake of this meal with your mom and your dad. Now, until then, observe what we do. Because this is a reminder to each of you that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He died on the cross for your sins. And so it's my prayer that one day you will come to saving faith in him and you get to partake of this meal. And it's going to be a great time when that happens. So before we have the elements, I'd like the officers that who are going to assist to come forward. And we have a time of preparation. Time of preparation. the Holy Spirit to prepare your hearts to receive the elements.
Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. Having given thanks, he broke it. Gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. my shepherd I shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside still waters he restores my soul he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death I will fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Truly goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. Christ's body broken for you. Eat of it, all of you. In the same manner, he took the cup, gave it to his disciples, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for many for the remission of sin. I love you, O Lord, my strength. Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I'm saved from my enemies. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The 
precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing in the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Blessed is he whose transgressions is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity. Christ's blood shed for all your sins, past, present, and future. Drink from it, all of you. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that because of who you are, we can have confidence and boldness to step out with less than what we want. We can have confidence and boldness to live in a country that might not always live up to our principles and values, Lord. Because of who you are, Lord, we don't have to live in fear. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray that you will use this meal, this simple meal, these simple elements, and strengthen your people to move out and engage in the world in which we live one more week. Let us step out with confidence, boldness, and courage to be the people of God who that is actually who we are. So, Holy Spirit, strengthen us to be salt and light. In Christ's name I pray. Please join us as we close our service. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation. Heir of salvation. Purchase of God. Born of His Spirit.